Welcome to Conversations. I'm your host, Doug Doohan, and thank you for spending some time with us this weekend. Joining me this segment is Jonna Long from the AFSP, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Join us as we look at issues that affect us here at home in our community and across the nation. Today, we're going to talk about suicide prevention and the work being done at the AFSP. Jonna, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Can you first just kind of tell me a little bit about the AFSP? What's the what's the organization about? What are you doing? Uh, what's available inside of the organization? What's your mission? Yeah. So the AFSP, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, is a national not-for-profit organization that focuses on suicide prevention. Um, we do that by raising funds for advocacy, education, research and actually providing different resources for suicide prevention. So basically, uh, I think when we talk about suicide prevention, a lot of what I hear is talk to someone and in that talking the the phrase that I've heard a lot in the last couple months is talk saves lives. But what I don't get a lot of is how to talk someone if I am depressed or suffering from suicidal ideation and I hear talk to someone. What does that mean? How does one go about doing that? Who should I be talking to? That is a great question. So Talk Save Lives really comes from a program that has been developed from the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And a lot of it is just seizing the awkward um, and ending the stigma. We've found out that the more we talk about suicide, the less likely it is to happen. And that's been statistically proven. When we talk about people actually talking to their friends, family members, anyone in terms of when they need help or when they're having suicide ideations. What we mean is actually bring up the conversation. Um, and there's several different ways to do this. It's getting help from mental health professionals, um, seeking out help from hotlines such as the 988, which we can talk a little bit more in depth later, but actually using the resources out there for you to have that conversation. And on the flip of that, as someone on the outside, if you see someone that's struggling or perhaps, you know, think that someone may need to have the conversation, the see the awkward is taking that moment and actually asking your friends, family members, coworkers, anyone who appears to be struggling what's going on instead of letting it, you know, sit in the shadows and not really be discussed at all. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about that. So somebody comes to me and says that they're super depressed or they're they're thinking about suicide. Are there things that I should say? Are there things that I shouldn't say? How do I have that conversation or is just being there good enough? Honestly, being there is is a huge step in the process and allowing that space for someone to come talk to you um, and just being an ally to them and, and letting them know that you're there for them. Um, there's nothing really wrong or right you can say aside from encouraging them to get additional help. And I always encourage people, take that step with them, you know, try to help them find, um, you know, maybe it's a mental health professional or, you know, using the 988 hotline, really join them on that journey and more than anything, make them feel comfortable about having that conversation. The last thing we want to do is make it, um, you know, further a stigma, to be quite honest. Yeah. And I'd assume, and again, please correct me if I'm wrong, I'd assume a lot of this is is isolation that causes people to fall to go down this path, is feeling like you're alone. So maybe sometimes the actual first step of saying, hey, I think I need help, 
is really difficult for people. If I have a friend who I, you know, see something in, what signs should I be looking for? What things should tip me off that maybe I should start the conversation with them? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different factors, which makes it a little bit difficult. And it's, it's it, different factors can affect different people. Um, what you can start looking out for is change in behaviors, change in patterns, um, disinterest in hobbies, activities that they normally would participate in. Um, again, the isolation, the, the withdrawing from their normal life activities. And then there are just pressure points that naturally occur in life, like pressure with job, divorce, uh, maybe the loss of someone else. Any of those combinations of things can be where that starts, those, those ideations start happening. And from a personal standpoint, is is the checklist kind of the same? If I was to take like a, a personal self-inventory and go, whoa, <laughs> like I feel like I'm going through something. Are there any self-checklists that a person, because I, I would guess that maybe it's not like a, hey, I'm thinking about this. It's a buildup. And can you notice things along the way that you can start to take steps before it builds up to being too much to handle? Yeah, I mean, I think what it boils down to is just taking care of our mental health, right? Like if you sprain your ankle, you're going to wrap it, you're going to attend to it. I think that we should really try to think of mental health in the same way. You know, are you feeling a little sad or feeling more tired for no reason or all these things? Take a moment to really address that and piecemeal that treatment rather than waiting for that point where things kind of implode. Um, I think that from a you know, social perspective, we're not always as kind to ourselves from a mental health perspective as we are physically. So we just try to encourage people to really tune in to what's going on with themselves and address it as it comes along. You know, to your point, are you tired? Are you finding yourself not wanting to do things that you're normally doing? You know, what what's going on? Identify those things and, and really address them as time goes on. So anywhere along these lines, you get a friend, it's you. Um, let's talk about AFSP and some programs that you might have. What, what should I do if, uh, I don't feel like I have a friend that I can talk to and I want to reach out to the AFSP what's available for someone there? Uh, first and foremost, 988 is such a powerful tool. So the background of 988 was there used to be, um, a suicide crisis hotline, um, which was an extended 1-800 number. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going through crisis or if I'm feeling down, the last thing I'm going to remember is a 1-800 number. Um, and in the past, people had the option of either calling the 1-800 number or 911. Um, and where the difficulty really came from that is while first responders are absolutely incredible, not all people that are going to be answering 911 calls are um, trained professionals in the mental health realm. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was, it really, was one of those situations where things kind of went zero to a hundred. So what the 988 line really provides is a safe place for people to call in where trained professionals in the mental health realm are there to, um, you know, talk to people out of their crises. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a crisis. It could be that, oh, you know, I'm feeling, you know, sad. I, I don't know how to handle this. I might be depressed. I might have anxiety for the first time. What are my options? What What's here for me? Um, and, and that's what they're trained to do is really to take you through the steps of how are you feeling? What can we do to prevent the way you're feeling or help treat the way you're feeling? And then they're really great at crisis management follow-up as well. So 
Um, we worked really hard to get that through. We talked to Congress in the last couple of years over this. Um, so I, I highly recommend 988. Remember that to everyone. Um, and then we have several different programs out there just uh, really teaching people about suicide prevention. And so there's different things in different communities that we can offer you if you want to help, you know, teach a group that you're at or, you know, classrooms. We have, we have different education programs for all different types of groups. Now the also, uh, unfortunately enough, there are going to be people out there who have had family members, friends who have actually gone through with suicide. Are there support groups set up for the, for them? Uh, and, and how does somebody deal with the fallout of knowing somebody who has gone through with it? Yeah. So, there are there are definitely support groups, and we do have several different events that are just for those who have um, you know survived losing loved ones. Uh, one of the one of the big things that we do every year is these out of darkness walks that take place all over the nation, and it's a very uh, cathartic healing event where we come together and honor the ones that we've loved. Um, we also have National Survivor. Um, months and national survivor days and events where we come together and support each other and and are there for each other so we have a lot of different programs for those who have just been impacted by suicide unfortunately okay so if someone's listening right now and they're thinking i would really love to participate and help with the work that you're doing what's available for available for them how do they help how do they get in contact with you so the best best place to start is to go to AFSP.org. You'll be able to search for your local chapters uh, and reach out to us there. There's plenty of opportunities in terms of volunteering, uh, getting involved one way or another, joining our walks, or even just asking for different materials, asking for a representative of our organization to come and help and either provide those materials, speak to a group of people, or just point you in the right direction if you personally have, you know, if you need some loss and healing type of materials or need to know where the next event's going or need a support group, AFSP.org is the best place to start there. Yeah. And again, I'm talking to Jonna Long from the AFSP. Uh, Jonna, can you tell me, is there anything, is there any like major misunderstandings around uh, suicide or or something that you think that people just don't uh, fully grasp that they should definitely know? I I think that this is, I think this is one of those things that should go without said, but I really mean it when I say, if you think somebody's struggling, ask them about it. Research has actually shown that people are way more often to open up if asked how they're doing versus not asked. And, and we know that through studies of emergency rooms um, and, and, you know, the rate of suicide afterwards. And where I'm going with this is the whole seize the awkward concept and really ending the stigma. It's a conversation that's really hard to have and is not comfortable. It's not fun, but it needs to be had. The more we talk about it, the less likely it's to happen. And I think historically people have thought, oh, if we talk about it, it's going to happen. It'll encourage someone to want to do it. That's not the case. We've proven that's not the case. So um, really anyone listening and the stigma, talk about suicide, talk about it with your friends and family, and let's let's work together to actually end this, this epidemic. 
Yeah, that that's uh, really good information because I do feel like uh, on a personal level, I feel like there is a stigma about talking about it. And you don't know if you're even allowed to use the word suicide when talking to somebody. You don't want to implant the idea in their head. But the point you're making is that it's if we're not implanting, we're helping talk them out of it. Is that is that more accurate? That is 100 percent more accurate. Jonna, thank you so much. Where can a person go to learn more? Is it just AFSP.org? Yep, AFSP.org, and you can search by your area. They have, we have local chapters um, in each state, so you'll be able to find a representative to, to reach out to. Thank you so much for joining me, and thank you for so much uh, for the information that you've provided us this morning. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here to help, and um, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, and thank you for listening. Conversations is a public affairs program of this station.